with regards to the number one pick in the draft, the New England Patriots have entered the chat. A major injury in college football shakes up both the college football playoff and how the quarterback drafts stacks up. How do the linebackers stack up in the 2024 draft? All that and more coming up next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosorge, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 154 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 16 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. Yeah, well, we're, we are down to rivalry week. It is uh, coming up almost like running out of film here after we got two, you know, this week, Conference Championships, Bulls, and then it's on to the draft. We're, we're here, man. Yep, the, the the hay is almost fully in the barn, as they say. But uh, if you're following along live for the first time, uh, we ask you go to the uh, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, if you have a question, ask it right there in the chat. Or if you're following along on Twitter, you can ask us a question there at Draft Countdown. Or if you're a member of our Discord, ask a question there. Or if you're not, go to DraftCountdown.com, top right corner of the search bar. Click the Discord link and join up for some lively chats, uh, especially during college game days and pro game days and stuff. Uh, we give live updates of when, as soon as we get all-star updates and stuff, we, we post them there. And uh, we're going to talk a lot more about those a little bit later, Shane. But it is that time of the week where we look at the top 10 of the NFL draft and look at that order update. We still got... Still got a name at the top saying Chicago is still sitting there with the Panthers pick at one. Arizona still sitting there at two. I, I don't feel like they're going to stay that stay that high though, with Kyler yeah, Murray. You back. said that last week. I said that last week, but man, I wasn't expecting you know the uh, is it the they play Houston right? Yeah. The Stroud effect, man. You you can't you can't handle that right now. They got three interceptions on them still and still st- still one. Uh, but, as I mentioned in the open, uh, New England has entered the chat here for that top pick. That team is bad, bad, bad right now. And they are now holding the number three pick in the draft. Uh, they are, what, a half game behind the uh, top here. Uh, it's not looking good there in uh, Belichick land. Uh, what's, what's going on there, Shane? I, I mean, look, I think it's been, this is my opinion, I've, think we've known for a long time. Bill Belichick maybe isn't the best GM in the world. 
I think I still think he's a great head coach, but like the, the roster is is devoid of talent uh, all over the place. You can't win games that way. So uh, we'll, we'll see who's starting a quarterback. It's not Max Jones this week. Might be Bailey Zappi. It might be. We talked about a lot last year. Malik Cunningham uh, rookie might be starting. We'll see. Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, but it, this is this is the game. They uh, as you'll get you'll get to number five here in a bit. Who the Patriots are playing might be for the number one pick. And that would be if Malik Cunningham does inevitably, you know, and he's probably going to start a game before the season's over with, right? He would be the 11th rookie quarterback to start a game this year. We've already set the record, and now we've got 11. Uh, could have 11. Chicago picking fourth. Uh, Justin Fields back in the lineup this week. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, he was he was back last week and and had a good game. So we'll see if the Bears they they competed. They should have beaten um, should have beaten the Lions to be honest. So Monday Night Football against the Vikings, I I think they could win this game and start getting a win or two here down the stretch. Number five is the Giants. Tommy DeVito gets the win last week at quarterback for the Giants, and they played New England this week. Yeah, so it could be Tommy DeVito against Malik Cunningham. <laughs> these are these are teams that either won't pick. Yes, yeah, this is a thing that's happening in the NFL. <laughs> so surprised that while he played, uh, but the, yeah, if the Giants want a quarterback, they they can't win many more games. Speaking of rookie quarterbacks, the Tennessee Titans and Will Levis here at six. Uh, the shine uh, sure fell off that the bloom sure fell off that rose really quick, didn't it? Old Will Levis there. Yeah, it, you know, both of us had said when we started this, the top 10, like we expect Tennessee to be there and they've fallen all the way down to six. Uh, Washington here at seventh. Uh, Sam Howell's played well, but they're just not winning games. Uh, Atlanta turns back to Desmond Ritter at quarterback because it says Heineke hurt. He's hurt. Or, or is he just and bad? And, both. But hurt and bad. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, number nine here is Green Bay, and they got a win this past week. Um, so they're at nine. Tenth is Tampa Bay, and that's uh, that's it for the top ten. Uh, I do want to make note of the current team sitting at 17th, um, probably in for a fall here, right? Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, an acute injury to his wrist, surgery done, out for the year. It's just – it's not good over here for the home team, Shane. No, no, not great for you. J Jake Browning starting is not expiring confidence. Uh, we have, you know, the, the Jets at 11. We have Tim Boyle starting for the Jets. So I, I think, you know, the Bengals still have a good defense. Maybe they can win some games, but I think both, you know, I think the Bengals might, uh, might be moving up the list a little bit, Brian, unfortunately. I, I, I'm going to say this, though. I don't know how much they're going to move up the list. No, that's fine. I think they'll they'll hover. They'll hover in that I, I, I'm, I'm expected in the 13 to 16 range is where I, I think they're going to win three games the rest of the way. I'll, I'll go on record and say I think they finish eight and nine and end up in that 13 to 16 range. Um, just looking at the schedule that's left, and like you said, their defense is really good. I also have a sneaking suspicion we're going to see uh, XFL Battle Hawk uh, AJ McCarron's going to end up starting some games down the stretch too. It'd be, I'd be fun. I'd be for it. I'm here for it because Jake Browning ain't yet. I'm sorry. This is not. 
Well, neither is A.J. McCarron. So, He's you know, no, no one's it. Like, Joe Burrow. You're right. Joe Burrow is it. And it's it, it's heartbreaking. It's, it was really – it was heart-wrenching uh, to see. But, you know, it is what it is. Life moves on. Rebound next season. See what happens. Um, but your Steelers, they are making out like bandits here, Shane. Not only is Joe Burrow out for the season now, and two more games against the Bengals. Deshaun Watson's out for the season. Well, they, they lost. They lost to the And they lose to Cleveland, but yeah. still. I mean, you got to – do you think they're a playoff – or end up a playoff team? I, I do. I think they end up a playoff team and get – I think they lose by 30 in the first round of the playoffs, uh, the, uh, you know, against Miami or something. But I have, um, I have never seen a firing of an offensive coordinator more celebrated than the one I saw this well, week. When the, when there are hockey games where the chant that broke out, you know, week weeks ago was "Fire Mac Canada," you know, no, not many other places that would happen. I, I mean, look, you can't change the system in four days. I don't think it's going to make a big difference right now. But the fact that that the Steelers have the record they have with one of, if not the worst offense in the league, I think is, you know, a lot of people in Pittsburgh don't like Mike Tomlin. I think it's an impressive coaching performance because this team is not great. This is very unlike them as well, firing a firing a coach. Has, uh, hasn't happened since 1941. They fired a coach in season, and, and the coach fired himself. He was part owner in 1941. Well, there you go. All right, so that's going to do it with the top ten here of the NFL. Uh, we started this last week and apparently it continues again. We have more college football uh, head coach firings. Uh, we had a little short on the YouTube channel earlier in the week where I talked about uh, Dino Babers, the Syracuse head coach let go. Um, thoughts on why it stalled out there in Syracuse for him? Uh, to me, it's it's Syracuse. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't quite and, – and I want to know what you think. Uh, you know, people can watch the short that you made as well. Um, but Syracuse, I, I don't think, is ever going to be an ideal situation. You know, last two years, I know they, they stalled out and lost games down the stretch. But, you know, it, it's not a great job. And I, I thought he was – building something was was getting better um even if it wasn't all together yet so i was a little bit surprised to be honest because i don't think syracuse is a great job to take right now no i mean you're asking a school and, and boston college to an extent although they're they're winning six seven games a year there but those are outposts in the acc right so you're asking northeast teams to try to recruit with these teams that are recruiting Florida, you know, and now you're adding two California schools and a Texas school to the mix. It's hard. It's hard to get these guys to want to, I'm going to spend four years in Syracuse, New York. That's lovely, right? You know, lovely weather up there, or I can stay and play in Tallahassee or Miami or somewhere, you know, so it's, it's, it's not a good ask. I think Dino Baber is going to land on his feet really quick. I think he's going to be an offensive coordinator hire for somebody in this cycle. It's it's going to happen uh, quickly. He's very good at that. If I, if I was a G5 school, I'd consider him. You know, if you're a lower G5 school, I yeah. think I might offer him. I think it'd be worthwhile. Yeah. Um, 
A coach not fired this week was Arkansas' Sam Pittman. Got the old, uh, you'll be back uh, next year from their AD. <laughs> you, you seem to not approve of, of the return of Sam Pittman. No, you know, you know, there's it's a big vote of confidence when they have to announce that you'll be back. Like that, that that's always yeah. it's always good. I mean, uh, I mean, he lost six games in a row in the middle of the season, including to to BYU. They couldn't score more than three points against Mississippi. Got State. smoked by Auburn, who just got smoked by New Mexico State. I mean, they lost to Liberty last year. Like, I, I mean, come on. Uh, the, the, yeah. He'll be fired next year. Like you're just you're just delaying Dean Evans. Right. You're you're basically yeah. You're you're gonna kill another recruiting class, and you're put you're putting your program further behind the eight ball. Yeah. Uh, as it is, uh, a coach we talked about that could be on the way out last week, maybe not. Uh, UCLA and Chip Kelly got a big win over Southern Cal this past week. I don't know if he's getting fired or not. Like I said, I, I don't think a firing of Chip Kelly would have anything to do with, with what's happened on the field. I think he's done as well as he could with what he has, and you have a true freshman quarterback starting. So I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of keep waiting and seeing uh, ultimately and see what comes out about it. We'll see um, how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, I anticipate we're, I'm just going to leave this tab up because I kind of feel in next week's podcast, we're going to talk about a lot more of these. And some more. Let me ask quickly before I, uh, I go, there's, there is some head coaching kind of news that I just want to get your quick take on these uh, rumors that Michigan state has zeroed in on Oregon state's Jonathan Smith. Do you like that? Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think if they, if they get that higher, I would be down. I mean, Michigan State's really kind of fallen down the wayside. So I think Oregon State, we've seen what they've done this year. It's been a big turnaround. Um, I, I, I don't think you could get a better hire. Yeah. I hate it for Oregon State, but there's a lot of uncertainty of, uh, with that school and what the future is, where they're going to play and all that. So Yeah, you got you got to jump because you don't know. Right. Like you said, if they fall down, you, you – yeah. You lose money. Um, another rumored uh, potential coupling is San Diego State targeting uh, UNLV offensive coordinator Brennan Marion. Well, you're, you're the UNLV stand over I, here, I, right? I mean, have you seen the turnaround they made on that offense this year? I would be talk- if I was another group of five school, I'd be all up on Brennan Marion too. Was the the go go offense he calls it or whatever? Yes, please, bring, like bring yeah. it in, like let's go. I, I got to write that down for uh, college fantasy football next year. San Diego yeah. State, San Diego State. If they hire Brennan Marion, give me all the Aztec offense. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's look back uh, week twelve of college football and. Before we get to our players of the week, a couple of notes we've got to talk about here. Um, first of all, before we get to the negative, I want to get to the positive, and I want this to be our weekly Jaden Daniels should win the Heisman uh, talk here. What do you have, another 25 touchdowns against Georgia State, another 550 yards or something? Yeah, I, I love I love it that – LSU realizes they're out of it, right? So now it's just like get just pack the stats. Like, are, are they, do they play Arkansas this week? Uh, yeah, yes, I believe so. They may fire Sam Pittman. 
<laughs> after this uh, week. Texas A&M. Texas A&M this week. Doesn't matter. They've already fired their coach. They've already so fired get, their coach. They've already fired their coach. So, But, no, Jaden Daniels, I, I don't give a crap that they've got three losses and he's not going to get to play in a conference championship game. Doesn't matter. He's the best player in college football this year. And if that's what the award's supposed to be, Jaden Daniels should win it. Like, like, I mean, is it his fault that his defense gave up forty nine to to Mississippi? Like, it's not his fault. No. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, she's eight touchdowns. Is it his fault that the, they gave up like forty second half points to Florida State? Yeah, right. I mean, they could have won that one. Yeah, yeah, forty five Florida State, fifty five to Mississippi. I misread that, and then forty two to Alabama. Like that's not on him. He he performed also in the game. He got concussed by a dirty right. hit from Dallas Turner. So so and he and, and still came back the next week and obliterated Florida. So. Yeah. All right, but the negative news quarterback wise. Florida State's Jordan Travis. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video. I wouldn't advise seeking it out. It's kind of gross. But his ankle went in a way it's not supposed to go, and uh, he is out for the season. His career at Florida State is over. He will enter the 2024 NFL draft. Potentially was a day two quarterback. That's not happening now, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he was he was a day three quarterback, and now it's going to be pretty tenuous. I think to get drafted for Jordan Travis. To, it sucks. It sucks to have an undefeated team and, and get hurt and it puts your NFL future at risk too. So hopefully, hopefully you can rehab and, and surprise some people. In the I mean, and the, the flip side of that, it also puts their national championship hopes. I would almost say on life support at this I mean, point. They, I think they went out there, they, you know, they're on right. They're, they're going to get in the playoff, but it's, you're going to get rolled by whoever they play. Right. Which is probably Georgia. Cause they, they would end up being the four. Yeah, look, look, I think we got a bookend national championships. The first college football 14 playoff, a third string quarterback won the national title. Why can't it happen again? So you're saying Redenbacher, Orville Redenbacher is, is, is a national <laughs> or, champion? Yeah, or, Orville Redenbacher, the, the pop. I, I don't know. What is his name? It's something Bacher, right? I mean. Yeah, that Rodemaker is the, Rod- uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Look, look, they'll beat Florida this week. They're gonna. I think they're gonna lose the Louisville in the ACC championship game. It might not be Florida this week. I, like I think it's gonna be close. Well, Florida's also starting their backup quarterback, right? So right. So there you go. All right. Uh, let's. We've gotten off the rails. All right. Let's. Uh, best offensive player you saw this week. I'll go back to the O-line and go into to Oregon State. We just talked about a uh, guy we've talked about a lot on the show, but he's the most impressive offensive player I saw this week, and that's Talese Fuaga, the offensive lineman from Oregon State. Uh, sprung a touchdown on the right side you know, against Washington. He sealed two, two defenders uh, for Damian Martinez to score a touchdown in that game to, to keep it close. I, I was really impressed with, uh, with Fuaga this week, and, uh, you know, I, I I really think he's gonna be a first round pick. Uh, it's, it seems likely to me that he can play on that that right side, especially in the NFL, and someone's gonna give him a shot there. Yeah, I think so. Is he a first round pick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think he's first round pick, and I think we could be talking top half the first round by the time we get there. Hope to see him in Mobile. We'll see. I, I hope so. Um, my best offensive player this week stayed home on this one. 
and uh, so Xavier Leggett, wide receiver from South Carolina, wasn't a whole lot for me on offense this week, to be honest. Uh, Bowling Green and Toledo didn't offer much. Uh, Kentucky didn't offer much. <laughs> Syracuse and Georgia Tech didn't, and neither did Texas or Iowa State, to be honest. I was less than impressed with Quinn Ewers in that football game. So I come back to Xavier Leggett here, uh, had 10 targets in this game. I'm not going to count his run attempts because those were awful. So we're just going to forget we didn't see that. That was desperation moves by the offense that had two scholarship running backs. But six catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns. He continues to just improve this week. And uh, gets, he seems to just shows excellence each and every week. And it's just rare that you see a guy who for four years dormant and then a fifth year explodes. Those guys – Maybe don't work out in the NFL most of the time, but we'll see how that goes. I just I love his play this year at South Carolina. He was a one of the ten finalists for the Bulletnikov. I did vote for him as one of the ten finalists, the semifinalists, I should say, not finalists. I, he did get a vote of mine, and uh, I will keep a secret whether I may or may not have voted for him as one of the three finalists. <laughs> but uh, you know, but they really get. Let, let, let's let, let's real quick talk about him. I mean, how 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 are you rating him as a as an NFL prospect? He's having a great year. Like the the analytics are going to be really awful on Xavier Leggett as an NFL player. Like you said, I mean, to have four years of no production. What you know, what, what what do they call that? Is it a breakout or it's, it's a it's a number that I see Joe age, Goodberry yeah. breakout age. Yeah. yeah, his is awful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so his, his breakout age is what twenty two. I assume that's how old he is. That's just a guess. I I really don't know. So, yeah, obviously that's going to work against him. I saw someone earlier in the process compare his his draft rise, if you will, to Jonathan Mingo a year ago where the guy did nothing for three years and broke out as a senior. So take that for what you will. But – He's he's a he's going to be a height weight speed guy, right? Though those metrics, I think, are going to work in his favor. I mean, I mean, if he has the workout numbers, then you know, like Mingo did, then I think it's, it's yeah. I mean, I, I think he's going to run a four four or in the four fours at six two or probably six one and a half, you know, two ten. So I anxious to see what he he's been invited to the Senior Bowl. His acceptance hasn't come through yet. I assume it will, because, but um, so we'll see how he does down here and throughout that process. But you know he's been very impressive this year, single almost single handedly carrying the wide receiver room at South Carolina with Juice Wells out. Right. Uh, who was the best defensive player you saw this week? I'm going back to a guy that was invited to the Senior Bowl last year, uh, Rook Horhoro from Clemson, defensive lineman. We I think we we mentioned last week, kind of as a as a notable, you know, lineman didn't make our top five, but um, had a sack on Drake May, broke through the pocket and and sacked him when the receivers recovered. Really, you know, was crashing that middle against the run as well. Had had another tackle for loss um and you know Maureen Hampton from North Carolina might be, might be the most productive best running back in the nation you know Tom when they try to run him up the middle um you know or Hororo just just did not let him go you know really good 
at getting off and shedding blocks better than I thought he was last year. So I think he's definitely improved. And, you know, draft-wise, day two, I, I think, is still fair, maybe even high day two. Um, I believe we're going to talk about him a little bit later as well, I think. Nope, he is not yet. Never mind. Forget that. But uh, I, I I saw when I saw that th this is the guy you were going to talk about, I was like, yeah, man, this is not a guy I want to see coming in on a hot streak uh, this <laughs> week. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, my best defense sport, I'm going to go back to that Iowa State-Texas game, and I'm going to talk about a guy who has a senior bowl invite as a third-year player. So the first one that we've seen, I think, under the new rule – and that's defensive lineman Byron Murphy from Texas, uh, 6'1", 300 pounds. Uh, when I saw him this week, I saw him basically just bull through the Iowa State interior line, and he just, with one hand, just grabbed Iowa State's quarterback and just yanked him down for a sack. Uh, he's, he's very quick hands, penetra penetrates quickly in the backfield, uh, had, had one and a half sacks, uh, two tackles in the game against Iowa State. A uh, very first, very solid first impression, in, in my opinion, from Byron Murphy. He, he's impressive. I think that whole Texas kind of interior is very, very good. Devondre Sweat there, uh, I think, allows Byron Murphy to do a lot of things that he does. And just a, a powerful, powerful player, like you said, he gets his hands on you. Uh, you're not breaking that tackle too often. So I'm, ex I'm excited, you know, hopefully uh, for – for the, for the senior boy that he got that invite and we just I thought there was going to be a little more fanfare when, the, when we had the first you know underclassman invited so it was fun. Well, he hasn't accepted yet, so maybe right, that'll be maybe the yeah, maybe the fanfare comes to the end because I guess that's kind of the trick right now is you have to wait till these guys formally declare, right? So yeah, um, yeah. So the, I'm anxious to see how that does work out with some of these other guys. But uh, that's going to do it for our look back at week 12 of college football last week. Some good games last week. Not great games last week. That uh, We got a lot of good games coming this week, though. And that's why we're going to look ahead now as we preview week 13. Uh, Shane, I don't know if you noticed or not, I added an extra game this week. I'm going five games this week. Oh, uh, nice. Well, I, I took Monday off from work, so I, I got an extra day. So needed, needed something to do. Get, throw an extra game in there. Um. I decided I wanted to get bored this week with some Iowa offense. So, and I haven't watched them this season, but at 11 a.m. Friday, um, and for those of you who have been expecting the primer to come up on Saturdays, it will be actually coming out on Friday this week because we had so many games on Friday. I thought that was just a better editorial decision there. But uh, 11 a.m. on CBS on Friday, Iowa at Nebraska and We've talked about Iowa a lot uh, this year already, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing maybe some defensive guys probably on this team, right? Uh, but definitely I'm going to see their punter, Tory Taylor, right? Uh, he is declared for the draft. Uh, don't know if you saw that or not. A fourth-year player. He's already said he's – yeah, he's in. So we'll, we'll see him in the draft. Probably punter one. Look, maybe maybe we get like a third or fourth round punter this year. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, for Nebraska, my first look at those guys this year. Matt Rule's first year there, and 
just looking over the list, I feel like the name that sticks out to me the most is maybe their top prospect is Ty Robinson, their interior defensive lineman, 6'6", uh, 305. Yeah, I, I think he's probably their their biggest. No one's really taking a step forward for Nebraska for me. I mean, Iowa will be in the Big Ten Championship, so we'll get a chance to see them again next week. Don't you worry. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, uh, Logan Lee, their, their edge rusher, plays a little bit interior as well. Is intriguing for Iowa. I think he's underrated, and you know, the, the Iowa's racked up some injuries too. So you're missing out on uh, a guy we'll talk about later, and a couple, uh, you know, a couple tight ends that we that I, I still like, but probably won't, won't uh, be playing here. Yeah. Um, also, Friday, 11 a.m. on ESPN, I'll be watching Memphis at Temple, and uh, for Memphis couple of players, not a whole lot happening there, I don't believe. Uh, I'll let you elaborate on if there's anything that's going to get drafted. Did I say – I said Temple, right? Uh, yeah, Temple. I'm an idiot and put Tulane on the primer. I'm going to have to go back awesome. I'm going to have to go back and edit that. Uh, so anybody on Memphis you like while I'm looking up Temple? Uh, you know, he won't be in this draft, but I do like Memphis's quarterback, Seth Hennigan, I think does have an, a potential NFL future. So worth keeping an eye on. He's a third-year player. I don't think we're going to see a third-year Memphis quarterback declare for the draft, but I think he's a, a name that's intriguing. They have a number of running backs there, um, Blake Watson, Brandon Thomas, you know, maybe in a camp undrafted guys, Javon Ducker. Um, yeah, that's probably the best. And Simeon Blair, their safety, is one of the better special teams players. So, always good to know. Uh, for Temple, I like uh, linebacker Jordan McGee. Uh, good yeah. size, 6'3", uh, 225 uh, for him there. And uh, as well as their safety, Kamar Wilcoxon, I think is a solid, uh, probably undrafted type player. Yeah. Yeah, I think McGee is a, a shot there day three. So, I like that. Uh, 6.30 on Friday. Shane, you'll be watching Texas Tech at Texas, and we just mentioned Byron Murphy as a guy to watch. You mentioned Tavondre Sweat. Um, I mentioned earlier I wasn't feeling Quinn Ewers in that game against Iowa State. I can see maybe why he's going back to school because I don't know that he was going to get drafted as high as maybe we thought he would entering the season. Right. I had another injury. I don't think he's fully healthy, but trying to kind of get them back. So, yeah, I mean, Quinn Ewers didn't play as well as he needed to to be a first-round pick, ultimately. You go back to school as, as a quarterback when that happens. I'm with you. Um, but but at least Texas has a lot of other prospects. They have a lot of guys yeah. potentially drafted, I, th I think. Yeah. They have six players invited to the Senior Bowl already. Only one, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, Tavondre Sweat has accepted that invite. Uh, Texas Tech has a couple of guys that's committed as of now to the Shrine game, and that's uh, their safety, Dadrian Taylor-Demerson, and their edge rusher, Miles Cole. Both those guys currently uh, slated for the Shrine. Uh, do you like those two? Yeah, I like Miles Cole a lot. I mean, he's a, he's a big 
big boy like plays low has a good uh, has a good push to him gets under the pads despite his size so that's always intriguing to me because I think there's some three four teams that could use that type of three four end um, and, and uh, you know Taylor Demerson's on the smaller side but more of a, a backfield safety I think you know board maybe day three uh, type special teams guy yeah um, did not mention it but. Tyler Shaw, Shaw. Why do I do this every time? Anyway, he's transferring. Uh, he will not be with Texas Tech next year. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, grad, it must be graduate transfer too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's like a seventh. He'll be like a seventh year player next year. Um, Seven thirty on Fox on Friday. I'll be watching Oregon State at Oregon. I've watched both of these teams already, but this, I felt like I had to get another shot at these two. So, because you keep talking about uh, Fuega, Joshua Gray, their other offensive tackle is super good as well. So, I want that. That's some intriguing uh, matchups with them on their uh, with you know the guys like Jordan Birch and uh, the other Uliangole, the young true freshman uh, DJ's brother, has been rushing the passer very well uh, for Oregon. So, anxious to see that matchup. And just seeing Bo Nix and uh, DJ Uliangole. So I, I didn't put that together. So it's the their, brother, brother, yeah. brother there. That'd be kind of neat, right? And uh, after you brought him up a few weeks ago, I want to see – now I want to see Andrew Chatfield Jr., the edge rusher for Oregon State, and see how he plays, as well as their uh, wide receiver that you've, you've, talk, you've talked me into, uh, Anthony Gold there. I'll, I'll – chance to get to see him as well so that's kind of why i circled back to this game i was like yeah i kind of want that one this week yeah yeah speed guy i hope we get to see him against Kyrie jackson the corner from oregon potentially um and you know oregon i think you had uh we talked about him last week brandon doorless their defensive yes. lineman going into the bengals and your bengals mock i did which if you haven't if you're a bengals fan listening to this Go check that out on the site today. Uh, dropped it a seven-round mock draft. Probably not the last one you're going to see from me now that the Bengals are in draft season, as we so mentioned earlier. Uh, but, yeah, had him going in the third round. I ultimately don't think that Dorless – I think he's going to end up going a little bit higher than where I had him in that mock draft. But, hey, the uh, the simulator giveth, the simulator taketh away, right? So it's very early for the simulators, let me tell you that. They ain't, uh, they ain't up to speed just yet. <laughs> That was my first shot at it this year, Shane. And I'm going to tell you, they ain't ready for prime time yet, baby. No, no, no. There's, there's, uh, there's a cut. Uh, none of them out there are ready no, for it yet. No, 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 not at all. Uh, all right. This is how many years we've been doing this podcast now? The draft this is the third year. The draft countdown podcast is the third year. Shane will be watching at 11 a.m. on Fox. Same channel, same time every year too. Every year, Ohio State at Michigan, the game. The game. Uh, I just it's loaded. There's NFL. There's what 20, 20 guys in this game. Probably going to be on NFL rosters next year. Maybe more. Maybe more. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's a lot. Like I want to see Michigan's offensive line. Um, you know, Miles Hinton, their offensive tackle, had an injury. I don't know if he's. Uh, it seems like he'll be back hopefully for the game. But you know, they have a ton of offensive linemen that have potential get drafted. Drake Nugent. Their interior linemen going up against, um, you know, some of the guys that, that you've uh, you've talked about is the highest state defensive line, right? So right. 
I, I think that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a key matchup. Jack Sawyer for Ohio State starting to come on pretty strong. Uh, JT Tuomolau has had a good, you know, good edge rushing game. We finally have Mika Ibuka, the receiver back for Ohio State. Um, he, he's probably going to draw uh, Mike Sanders still. So, I, I don't know. I, you could just go on every matchup. There's going to be some NFL player playing in it, let alone Marvin Harrison Jr. And, I was going to say, who's yeah. going to draw Marvin Harrison Jr. this week? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be the the true sophomore for Michigan, Will Johnson, who got smoked by Caden Prather in Maryland last week. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, speaking of Marvin Harrison Jr., he was number two on my uh, Bolitnikoff ballot. Wow, wow. Number two. Jeez. Well, Get was number three, by the way. I didn't right. get crazy. I was going to say, we're getting get crazy. I didn't get crazy. I did have him. I shouldn't have voted him number three, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about number one this week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 11 a.m. on ESPN, Shane. You'll be watching, and we talked about him earlier, Texas A&M at LSU. Jaden Daniels going against A&M. One last chance, right, to uh, to impress the Heisman voters because they, they will not be playing an SEC championship game. Texas uh, A&M's got a a decent defense, right? So if he can dice this team up, that's just another statement for him, right? Yeah, I know. I think, I think it absolutely is. And I think you're, you know, I, I think when you talk about um, the potential in terms of draft capital, it's, I don't think there's a, a limit to how high it could be. Yeah. I, I, I am at this point not above talking myself into moving him like up to QB2. I'm not above it. Uh, oh, like over Drake May? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Jane Daniels got drafted over Jake May. Drake May. I think there's, there's a world where team, this is Kyler Murray again, where a team convinces himself, Hey, Jane Daniels, you know, he's older. But has that type of potential, especially if they keep handing them five, six hundred yard games. Um, that you know, maybe maybe he's right there with Caleb Williams, and it depends on the team. I think we could be talking about a top five pick. I mean, that's another topic for another day. I think we're we're, we're with Caleb Williams. I think we're going to we're going to run full circle with him between now and the end of April. That's just. That's the, the the way the process works, right? We 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 raise them up, then we talk ourselves out of them, and then ultimately we end up right back where we started. The snake eating his tail is uh yeah, what Ed, Edger and Cooper, uh, stud defensive player for Texas A&M. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's as a linebacker. He's been really good. Um, he's definitely not quite in my top five linebackers. I'll talk about later, but close. I think he's been all over the field, sideline to sideline. Oh, good shout-out. Good call. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on CBS, the game that everybody in the state that I live in will be watching, and this year it will actually be me too. Uh, Alabama at Auburn, the Iron Bowl, if you will, as they call it here. Uh, good luck, Auburn. Because last week you just got your asses whipped by New Mexico State. And, Shane, I don't know if you watched this game, but they got physically beat up by New Mexico State. I mean, 
I did. I walked because I maybe I bet on it. But so I, uh, I was just watching it for that. I was like, they and New Mexico State was up like two scores at the half. I'm like, they're going to cover at least. And then Auburn just never moved the ball at all. Like they couldn't. And it was just amazes me. And I'm not saying transitive property is a thing, but and rivalries are a whole different animal, but Alabama is going to beat them down this week. Like it's going to be bad. Um, but do want to see, uh, like I said, I do like DJ James. I do like Jalen Simpson, the DB from Auburn there. They've got some DBs, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett as well. Um, but Alabama is just going to be a whole other animal. Jalen Milrow is probably going to run for 200 in this game and throw for 150 and probably account for five touchdowns or something. It's going to get ugly. Look, it's still a rivalry. You never know. I think I think Auburn can – they have to bounce back from last week. But I, I also don't know how they're blocking anyone on Alabama's defense. And we've talked Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. And I think Justin Aboye. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be tough to – It's uh, going to be ugly. And Peyton Thorne is awful. Yeah. I look, I, one, one Alabama player I do want to shout is Terry and Arnold, their other corner. Clint yes. He gets the talk, but Arnold is, is – Really growing on me. Terry and Arnold will be the uh, cover boy for our uh, when the primer goes up this week. Oh, I like it. So, yeah, he's. Uh, are you buying in that he's uh, the highest drafted corner on the Alabama team? Not there yet, but like I'm, I don't hate it. So, I like it. I like it. Uh, Two thirty p.m. on the ACC Network. The fighting Miranda Wilhelms of Virginia Tech at Virginia. Um, I, I was exposed to, which I thought he was already on our watch list. I think I took him off last year uh, when he was at Northwestern, but uh, transferred to Virginia. Malik Washington was a Bolitnikov semifinalist, and he's put up monster numbers this year uh, for Virginia. But they go well, against you. You maybe you should be putting him voting him number. One. I mean, we haven't had the the final vote, right? We still have to wait till this week's over for the final vote. Was that? Yeah, we were just voting for the three finalists. Finalist. But yeah. like, Malik Washington has a legitimate case to win the Blitnikoff. He has been out of this world. He's not going to, but he has a legitimate maybe case. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. Um. Yeah, but Virginia Tech. Uh, they've got some good players on this team as well. Uh, they have really kind of taken us, uh, gotten a lot better since they put drones in at quarterback over uh, Grant Wells, who, yeah, struggled. <laughs> struggled. There, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, I really love Antoine Powell Ryland as an undersized edge for Virginia Tech. I don't know if he's in this draft class or not. But I really like the way he plays. And I was impressed with their running back, uh, Basil Tootin, uh, when I watched them a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's coming on. I think he'll be a, a mainstay. I also like the right tackle, Parker Clements. I think he has a shot maybe to be a 6'7 round pick for Virginia Tech. Good size, 6'7. Uh, um, a long, long, long boy. And let's end this thing on maybe the best prospect game of the week. 6.30 p.m. on ESPNU, I'll be watching Charlotte at South Florida. Um, Charlotte's got a couple defensive linemen. Uh, 
I think, to watch. Uh, double transfer from UT Martin in Michigan, edge rusher Iyabi Oki, I think has some uh, some good good pass rush ability upside there. And another former Michigander, uh, Julius Welskoff, uh, interior defensive lineman there is okay. Maybe late round-ish uh, priority free agent guys. Uh, for South Florida, not a whole lot happening here, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, I think maybe the running back, Naquan Wright, can make a camp. Um, you know, he's been productive in his time and starting to really come on. But uh, you know, their, their quarterback at South Florida, Byron Brown, really been impressive. He's not in this draft class. Um, but, you know, is someone for the future who's an athletic freak. Yeah, I knew neither one of these teams were going to make a bowl game. So it's like I kind of just let's just go ahead and knock this out just in case I got something I need to see. All right, so that's going to do it for our Week 13 preview. Uh, we'll be back again next week with this uh, one last time for, well, I guess not. I guess we'll do it for the Bulls too, but um, for the championship games. But uh, that moves on to our Lock of the Week segment. We're saying you're hot. This is three in a row. Three in a row, baby. We're, we're, in a we're row. getting back up to 500 this week. Shane, you're up to six and seven. I, I, I won three in a row or two, at least two in a row. Yeah. I've run two in a row here. I'm up to eight and five on the year, man. That's impressive. Rock solid for the lock of the week. All right, so here, here we go, Shane, this week. I gave you the theory last week. Fired coaches, interim coaches, cover the next week. All right, who, who we got? did it. Did they not? Mississippi State covered? Boise State covered? We only got one this week, and that's the Syracuse. Where I don't even know the coach's name. It's irrelevant. <laughs> the coach at Syracuse, home against Wake Forest, two and a half points. Give me the orange this week. Interim coach rule, lock of the week. I, I like that actually. I might I might bet that interim coach is going hard. Uh, so a tough choice here, but I'm picking one of the games you're watching this week. So I better you know get the Discord updates. I, give me Oregon minus thirteen and a half against Oregon State. Uh, I, I think Oregon State's defense is more susceptible than they seem. They're third worst in the Pac-12 at giving up big runs. I think Bucky Irving is going to have a 200-yard, four-touchdown day for Oregon. They're going to run the ball and be successful. Um, Dan Lanning, I think, as a as a favorite, has covered like 85% of of his of his games. So I, I'll take Oregon at home uh, anytime minus 13 and a half. I will also like to shout out my five-game parlay that I hit last week. Oh, as, yeah, hey, that's uh, as uh, I had South Carolina on the well, uh, Louisville plus one, Mississippi State minus 14, Jacksonville State minus eight, which was your lock of the week, New Mexico State plus 24 and a half. I wish I'd have bet the money line on that for God's sake. <laughs> and South Carolina, uh, money line, five game parlay, all hit. It was a good day. It was yeah, a good day. Oh, that's a nice day. Too, too bad you can't uh, you can't get on ESPN bet and get those get the five free fifty dollar bets. I'll tell you, yeah, <laughs> that'd be maybe it's not such a good thing. Look, look, like my, I mean, I, I we probably don't have time, but but uh, I you know I did I signed up and did that. Then my wife's like, I went in 
And so she got her like four fifty yard bets. What if you win, you get to keep the profit. So she bet both sides of Sunday night football and Monday night football. So it was an automatic eighty dollars she was gonna win. She had to put in ten to get it. Just took it out. You gotta love it. I was like, if you're not addicted, you know, if you're not like like us and want to keep gambling, then that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Not bad. So to recap, uh, I've got Syracuse minus two and a half at home against Wake Forest. Shane has Oregon minus 13 and a half at home against Oregon State. So there you go. Crush All it. right. So that brings us to our second to last position group evaluation here of where we stand in season. And that's the linebackers that we expect to declare for the 2024 NFL draft. And I waffled a lot on these. Uh, this week, mostly because I'm staring at two Clemson players on my list, and I think they're both going to go, or I'm projecting them both to go, but uh, maybe not. We'll see. But I'll start here, and I'll let you elaborate on why I'm right or wrong. But my number one guy is one of your guys, Shane. Number one, Tommy Eichenberg, Ohio State, number one on my linebacker board. I think Tommy Eichberg's rock solid. I think he's a great off-ball linebacker. He's going to have a long career in the NFL and probably have a ton of tackles. He's just that linebacker that never really gets drafted highly. Right? Right? It's kind of the guys that are falling out of vogue, but he's going to start for a long time. Got hurt last week going to play against Michigan. I think that's huge. He's number two on my list, but I think whoever drafts Tommy Eichberg is going to get a guy for – you know, for 10 years that they can just plug right in the middle and he's going to get 100 tackles. Testing is going to be big for him, right? Because it worked out for Jack Campbell last year, but he tested like a freak. Right. And Eichenberg's not that. Not not no. that, right. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. So who's number one on your list? And I got a feeling I, I know who it is. Yeah, I, I'm sticking with uh, with one of, the, one of the Clemson guys here. I'm going with Barrett Carter, uh, the linebacker out of Clemson who's been the most impressive to me this year um, in just in terms of how he commands against the run. It's just uh, the, the ability to identify what the, what the offense is doing, see where the running back's going, hit that hole, clean angles, make the tackle in the backfield. Uh, I mean, Barrett Carter is like a, like a heat seeking missile out there. It's really impressive. I think he, his instincts are the best in this class to me by far. And that's what puts him number one to me. Is he a first round pick? I don't think so. You know, so I don't think he's a first round pick in this group. Um, but I think Carter is is the best of the group. Carter's number two on my board um, as well. And you've said Eichenberg's number two mm-hmm. on yours. So we just flip flop there. Uh, I'm with you. Neither of these guys are drafted in the first round, nor should they be, in my opinion. It's almost getting like running back at this point. Um, although I would say Detroit is very happy with their early results from Jack Campbell uh, so far uh, at pick 18. So if, if at this point, if, if it's your guy, just draft your guy and make it work, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you got to do it, especially if your scheme needs that player. Yeah. Draft that player. Right. All right. So number three on my board is another Clemson player. And this is guy's going to be that high risk high reward because that's the way he plays on the field. He gambles a lot, misses a lot, but when he hits, he hits, right? So 
It's Jeremiah Trotta Jr. Uh, from Clemson, undersized at only listed only at six foot two ten. So this cat's going to need uh, a good good weigh in, right? Because if he comes in five eleven two ten, that's not going to it's not good, right? Yeah, I've heard I've heard he's bulked up. Hopefully to two third two twenty to two thirty ish, which to me is good. So I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, I see him on the field, and I, I think he's could maybe be almost a fifty percent Micah Parsons in the way he could scheme out at the NFL level. Is that fair? We've seen that now. The last three games, they've started to really scheme him on the edge. He has, uh, I think, four sacks in the last three games. So we're starting to see that kind of utility of moving Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at at edge, at weak side, you know, doing a little bit of everything. So I'm with you. I, I think we're seeing it. He's having – I thought he had the best three. I watched two of the three. I think he had two of the best games I've seen there. Yes, and, and to me, if, if, he's, if teams are seeing that as a way to, you know, as a matchup for him, that gets him maybe drafted higher than these other two guys. Right. All right, who's number three for you? Uh, so I'm bypassing my number three player, who I don't think will declare. Is it Danny Stutzman? It is not. Okay. It is uh, Cedric Gray, the linebacker from North Carolina, who I've talked about on the podcast. He's a fourth-year player, but can go back. Uh, so I, I, I think, I think he might end up going back to school um, ultimately, but that's. That that's my that's my thinking with uh, with Cedric Gray. So um, the way he's going, yeah. So I, I'm going with Trotter. I have him at three. Then that would bump him up. And I'm with you. Like I, I think the versatility. I mean, 82 tackles this year is not nothing to stiff at. I think he has better instincts than Trenton Simpson did last year for Clemson. I think Trotter got better. Early in the season was rough. It's getting better throughout the season. So, I, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, like you said, if, if he ends up linebacker one for us by the end again. In my last mock draft, I had him going at 64, I think, to the Eagles, just because I thought that was just fun. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed doing that all the time. Um, number four on my list, on my rankings, is Danny Stutzman from Oklahoma, but I think he's going to stay in school. So I bypassed him, and number four on my list now is the guy who you just said you don't think is going, is who you think is going to go back to school. Who, who I and we're going to talk about in a minute is one of the guys who's accepted a Senior Bowl invite. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess I should, I should have included. Him. Did you not know that? I know. I, I must have missed that. So sorry, that's fine. Number four on my board, and because I think he offers the pass rush as well as the uh, instincts and space and solid, um, solid as in, in coverage a little bit as well. And I saw him against South Carolina wreck shop. So that was my first initial impression of great early in the season. Well, well, that's fine. I'll pop him into three. And if, if he's going to the senior boys, obviously going to declare over a hundred tackles already this season, good in coverage. Um, I, I, you know, has a little bit of that pass rush ability up the middle. Uh, I think I think Cedric Gray 
you know, isn't going to be a world beater. He's not a, a firm wrap-up tackler. Uh, I think it, it comes and it goes for him. A little bit of coaching, I think he could be a really good player. So that will move Trotter down to four on your board. Yep. So we've, we've got – so now we'll get to number five. And number five for me, I think it's like kind of the way you described Eichenberg a little bit as a guy who is just – he's going to 100 tackles – but never flashy, but just does the job. And it's a guy like this, I think, and I said it last week, I said, I'm going to have a guy in my top five linebackers that I don't think is going to be a top 100 pick. And that's going to be Peyton Wilson from NC State. Uh, another guy I fully expect to end up in the senior bowl, sixth-year player, but great size, 6'4", 230, just very instinctive. Like I said, just makes plays, but – He's a guy that I just don't think – and if you do – if he does go in the top 100, it's going to be, like, in the 90s, I think, uh, Peyton Wilson. But, I, you know, he's going to play a long time in the NFL. I think he will play a long time in the NFL. I Yeah, I have more as a day three player. I, I, I don't think the workouts are going to be particularly no. great. And I think that's going to be the issue. But, I mean, man, how many, how many linebackers have we seen even go undrafted – who end up starting in the, you know, in the NFL. I mean, this year. I mean, just fair. Ivan Pace has been starting day one for Minnesota. Right. Undrafted. We both had him pretty high. Yeah. Should have been drafted. All right. Who's number five for you? So I'm, I'm going to bypass uh, my next three linebackers, I think, on my list. Uh, Danny Stutzman from Oklahoma included. And the two Georgia guys, uh, Smith Mond and Javon Dumas Johnson. All third-year players, maybe one of them declares. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tyrone Hopper out of Missouri as my number five. I I was really impressed um, when I saw him a couple weeks ago, just with the the instincts against Tennessee. Um, didn't play this past week against Florida, but uh, you know he, he's a really good coverage linebacker. Uh, they've dropped him into coverage. Yeah, he's played well as a pass rusher. He's played some edge as well because he's a little bit undersized, probably 215, I would guess he is. Um, so Hopper, I think, is intriguing, has some athleticism, uh, not going to fit every team, but it could be a versatile linebacker. For sure. Yeah, I'm with you on Hopper. There are um, some guys that, for me, that just – you know, outside looking in, just once one name's kind of that I'll back and forth. Tatum Bethune, uh, Florida State. I just I think he's got the moxie and the, he'll be a special teams guy for sure uh, at the NFL level. But I think with starter potential. Yeah, that's that's a good name. He's had a long illustrious career. You mentioned Andrew Cooper from Texas A and M, who I think has played really really well this season. I also like Jackson Mitchell from UConn, um, J.J. Weaver from Kentucky. So, I, I don't know. It's not a great linebacker class. It's like not. They never, they never are anymore, you know. Yeah, it's really not. Uh, another productive player from Florida State, Kalen Delurch, I think, had a good season this year as well. All right, so recapping uh, our top five linebackers for me, I had Tommy Eichenberg, Ohio State, one. Two, Barrett Carter, Clemson. Three, Jeremiah Trotter, Clemson. Four, Cedric Gray, North Carolina. Five, Peyton Wilson from NC State. Four, Shane. Uh, one, Barrett Carter from Clemson. Two, Tommy Eichenberg, Ohio State. Three, Cedric Gray, North Carolina. Four, Jeremiah Trotter, Clemson. And five, Tyron Hopper, Missouri.
That is our top five linebackers that we currently expect to enter the 2024 NFL Draft. Now, uh, lastly, this week, uh, Senior Bowl is just, they're going nuts, Shane, and we're, we're way long on this one, so we won't go crazy with it. Uh, but I'm just going to go through the guys who have accepted invites this week. And that's wide receiver Jacob Cowling from Arizona, offensive tackle Jordan Morgan from Arizona. Yeah, great, great, two great guys. I mean, I think both are top 100 picks. Uh, the two easiest projections I made on my defensive projections was a pair of corners: Auburn's DJ James and Missouri's uh, Chris Abrams Drain. Mobile natives, right? They're they're, they're going to make it in. Yep. Uh, Duke had a pair, Graham Barton, the offensive tackle who we've heard will work out center uh, during the week, and Dwayne Carter, their interior defensive lineman. I'm excited about Graham Barton at center. You you told me that, and I was like, oh, yeah, if he, if he could show show out, uh, really could help his draft stock. Uh, a pair of guys from the Sunshine State, uh, Florida State, Western Michigan transfer defensive line, Braden Fiske, and uh, – we talked about him a lot as a big slot wide receiver, Ricky Pearsall from Florida. Yeah, I, I, you know, we both thought Pearsall would go. He's had a good year. Uh, and, yeah, Fisky's interesting. I want to see how it performs down there in the pit. Um, Louisville wide receiver Jamari Thrash transferred from, was it Georgia State, I believe it was. And uh, safety from Maryland, Bo Braid. Yeah, I, I, I like Jamari Thrash. I, I don't think I projected him to go. I thought he was on the line. but You did. A, I did, okay. He, he was kind of my last in for receivers because uh, he's had such a great season in that scheme. So I'm excited to see. I think he's going to eat up one-on-ones. I'll say that. Uh, Miami interior offensive line, Javion Cohen. I feel like we've been talking about him for three years now. Uh, transferred over from Alabama a couple years ago, and he's joined by Missouri defensive lineman Darius Robinson. Yeah, I've got to go back and watch that Missouri game on that I have. Uh, Darius Robinson's uh, you know, super athletic, really intriguing. Uh, I like his upside, and uh, Cohen has never put it together, so maybe the senior bowl will be it. We'll see. Uh, I mean, we've talked about him earlier, uh, Cedric Gray who you didn't know and accepted a senior role invite. I, I saw uh, he was invited. I didn't know he accepted. Linebacker from North Carolina. We also talked about Tavondre Sweat, uh, earlier defensive lineman from Texas. Um, Toledo corner, uh, Quinion Mitchell, a guy we talked a lot about last week. I watched him uh, this week. Impressive player. Uh, he gets the call, as does cornerback from Washington State, Chow Smith-Wade. Talk to me about him. Yeah, I, I mean, Ch Chow Smith-Wade, uh, he recently moved in my top 20, you know, light, but super fast, very athletic, great backpedal, quick. Um, I think he'll he'll be one of those guys moving up boards because of the athleticism. Uh, versatile offensive lineman from West Virginia, uh, but he's going to play center as well, Zach Frazier. I mean, I, I, I still love Zach Frazier. I think he's, he's so tough. I, I, I'm excited to see him. And finally, the best for last, South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler coming to Mobile. Yeah, former you know Oklahoma quarterback, five-star recruit who got benched for Caleb Williams. 
uh, has performed well for for you guys the past two years, and maybe has a shot to you know establish some upside to get drafted. You know, we were talking about it on uh, the Garnet Roost podcast last night, me and Nino, and you've been to Mobile during these Senior Bowl practices. That wind cuts a little bit different on some of them days down there, and a lot of these quarterbacks struggle. Rattler will not struggle with the wind. <laughs> No, no, he he has the arm to get it done. So that 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 might put him. Uh, you know, I, we'll get some days of like, oh, Spencer Rattler's the most impressive quarterback. Wow, you know, we'll get some of those. That may or may not come from me, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> all right, we had a couple questions on Twitter. Um, we'll get the draft one out of the way first, and then I'll turn the other one over to you. But uh, Dennis Noel. Uh, from CFB Nation asks, if Cooper DeGene comes out, do you see him more as a corner or as a safety hybrid? I think we've talked about this. I think we both like him at corner now, right? I just think getting a corner is more impactful, and he can do it. Like He can be a covered corner. Does he end up playing a slot corner safety hybrid in the NFL? Maybe those lines are, are waving, but, yeah, I think he's a corner. And finally, uh, at Chimp underscore Magnet asks, uh, how do you rank these four running backs in PPR this week? A fantasy question. It's all you, Shane. Look, you, you just vetoed a trade in your league as the commissioner. Uh, so well, you might have to it was it. very, very uh, obvious uh, what I had to do there. Uh, I'm not even sure who Javante is. Who, who is Javante Williams, the running back for the Denver Broncos. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. Devin Achain. Zach Charbonnet, Raheem Mostert, rank those four in PPR. Yeah, it's tough. I think I'm going Raheem Mostert uh, just because he's going to get the volume. Uh, you know, A-Chain re-injured re his knee. He might still play, but I think Mostert to get most of the work. I'm going to take Zach Charbonnet second. Ken Walker's down. I think Charbonnet's going to have a good game this week uh, for Seattle. And then I'll go I'll go A-Chain for the upside, and then Javante's a solid floor, you know, but not much upside to score. A lot. Tough, tough draw for Charbonnet against the 49ers, though. It, it is. But, yeah, I hope, hope he catches some passes. passes oh, I hope so. Yeah. I picked him up with waivers this morning. There you go. All right. So that's going to do it uh, for the Twitter questions or this week. Uh, normally we go with final thoughts here, but, Shane, I, I thought, you know, with it being on Thanksgiving Eve here, we could just – Tell, you know, what we're thankful for this year at Draft Countdown. And I know me personally, I'm thankful for everybody that comes to the site and reads every day, everybody that listens to this podcast, everybody that watches our YouTube videos, everybody that just supports everything that we do. Uh, I'm just thankful for everybody. Yeah, No, I, I definitely am too. I mean, I'm definitely thankful for the people too that interact on Twitter and, and show their support and ask questions and like, hey, you know, I read this, I saw this, and, and give us feedback. That's 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 what I really love about the, the fans that we have at Draft Countdown, why it's sustained so long. So thank you. And also, I just want to say I'm thankful for each and every person that contributes to the site. You yeah. know, you, Shane, I mean, you're constantly just with these all these mock drafts. It's insane, man, the work that you do and these future rankings and just the traffic that that stuff draws amazing blows my mind every time I see it, but you work so hard on that stuff. I want to thank Brad, man, who's taken on extra stuff for us this year, doing a lot of our social media stuff, cutting up all these YouTube shorts 
and everything. Uh, he's been great at that. Miranda with her NFL stuff has been great this year. And it's really been fun reading uh, Pigskin Paul's like rookie stuff every week. You know, it's, 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 it's very insightful. If you haven't checked those out, uh, he usually posts that stuff every Friday. So it's, it's good stuff there, but everybody that writes for this site, man, it's just so awesome. Yeah. I, I think we've got a great group uh, right now and, and I, really happy that everyone is so successful and, and independent and, and does, you know, enjoys it. So, you know, I, I love the group that we have at draft count in this year. Yeah. It's awesome. So thanks everybody again <clears throat> for reading everything that you, um, as always, if you're new to the channel, subscribe, like the videos. If you're listening to this on an audio platform, leave us a five-star review, be it on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever it is, USU podcast. And share that out as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And as always, go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your NFL draft needs. For Shane, I'm Brian, and I'm saying it's okay to eat ham on Thanksgiving. Good night, everybody. <laughs>